Um, Our reading is from Numbers chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. Balaam said, Build me seven altars here, and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. God met with him, and Balaam said, I have prepared seven altars, and on each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. The Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this word. So he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering with all the Moabite officials. Then Balaam spoke this message. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom God, the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them, from the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. Balak said to Balaam, what have, I done, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies but you have done nothing but bless them. He answered, Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Sometimes we want God to speak to us, and uh, we we have this approach, God speak to me, and we open the Bible, we see what's in the Bible, and we don't like what we see, so we close the Bible and say, God speak to me, and we open it up again, and we don't like what we see, so we close it, and then pray, God speak to me, and open the Bible, and we may not like that either, and then we close it, God speak to me, we open it up, and we think, ah, yes, that's my favorite verse. Um, That's exactly what I want God to say to me today. And you kind of feel a little bit like that when reading this um, this book of Numbers, and particularly this part of the book of Numbers in Balaam. What we've been thinking about and thinking about numbers is how important it is to actually listen to what God has got to say and be attentive to his direction. So in these two chapters, 23 and 24, there are four oracles, four messages that are given that um, that speak um, about what God wants to do in the world, what he wants to communicate in the world through this man, Balaam. So there's this response that we've, we've read of there in verses 1 to 12. Yet another call upon Balaam to curse Israel. Balaam has said that he can't do it because um, God wants to bless Israel. A people has come out of Egypt, there in verse 5, they cover the face of the land and settled next to me. Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps I'll be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land for I know that whoever you bless is blessed and whoever you curse is cursed. God has an amazing 
desire to bless people, to bring blessing into people's lives. And we saw last time that the great promise, the great Old Testament promise is there in Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you will be cursed and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And in many ways, that's um, a key statement for understanding not only the Old Testament, but the whole of the Bible. Because Jesus is the, the great son of Abraham who comes to take the curse upon himself on the cross and be a blessing to those who come to faith in him. So Balak says to Balaam, curse these people and bring a curse upon them. But God is determined to bless the people. We've seen it already in Numbers, those famous verses that we often end the service with um, in, in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God is determined to bless his people. He said in this book that he wants to bless them. He wants to put his blessing upon their name. And yet Balaam is being asked to denounce. How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? Numbers 23, verse 8 and 9. So instead of cursing the people, um, Balaam blesses the people. Um, so they're um, following on from that statement, how can I denounce those that... Um, the Lord has not denounced. From the rocky peaks I see them, from the heights I view them, I see people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations, who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel. Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. Um, I, can't, I can't curse um, this people. I need to bless them. No, no, Balak is shocked. He says, um, what have you done to me? I brought you here to curse my enemies and you've done nothing but bless them. Must I not speak, says Balaam, what the Lord puts in my mouth? We saw the lesson last week that um, Balaam was determined to go his own way and yet God did everything he could to bring him back, to get him to listen, to get him to be on the same page as himself. So that's the first oracle. The first oracle is that God is determined to bless Israel. God is determined to bless his people and what and those who God will bless, he will bless. And whatever harm uh, people might wish upon those people, the harm will not be done. And then there's the second oracle. Um, this time Balak brings um, Balaam to another place, verse 13. Come with me to another place where you can see them, and you will see um, only a part, but um, you will see only a part and not all of them. And from there, curse them for me. And sometimes people are very determined, aren't they, to get us to do something? And sometimes people say, uh, What part of no don't you understand? You know, when someone says, Well, no, I, I don't want to do what you've asked me to do um, because I can't do what you've asked me to do. What part of no don't you understand? 
And again, Balaam brings an important message um, that's uh, vital in terms of thinking about what God is like and what God says. God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? God is not a liar. So Balaam's message here is God has spoken. God has spoken the truth. And I have no alternative but to speak the truth too. I can't say that which is false I've received a command to bless we read the verse 20 he has blessed and I cannot change it no misfortune is seen in Jacob no misery observed in Israel the Lord their God is with them the shout of the king is among them the Lord their God is with them the shout of the king is among them not only are they not to be cursed, but they are to experience a, a profound blessing, the presence of the Lord God with them, the shout of um, the king um, amongst them. So, um, Balak's response um, there in verse 25 is, neither curse them at all or bless them at all. Let's come to some kind of compromise. I want you to curse them, you want to bless them, do neither. Don't curse them and don't bless them. Just leave them in a state of limbo, of neutrality. And again, Balaam says, Did I not tell you, I must do whatever the Lord says? Um, God can't be manipulated. He can't be manipulated by pressure. Um, um, some people think that if you ask the same question sufficiently, uh, much that then people will change their minds. Um, there were some people who were great supporters of remaining in, in, in the EU who thought that if you kept asking the question, shall we leave, shall we leave, shall we leave, or shall we stay, shall we leave, shall we stay, you might get different answers. You might get the answer that you actually wanted. But usually when you keep asking the same question, you will often get the same answer. And, and that's the case here. Balaam keeps being asked the question, and yet he keeps repeating that he needs to say what God wants him to say. Well, Balak takes the approach, well, maybe we're third time lucky. A little bit like the, um, the devil when he was tempting Jesus. In fact, this, um, this tempting of Balak, taking um, Balaam to another place, is rather like the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Um, the devil taking Jesus in his imagination to different scenarios and places. A different place, a different vantage point maybe to soften him up and make him more disposed towards complying with his temptations. So he's taken to another place. But something amazing happens here. In our reading we're told that Balaam had a word put in his mouth. But here... At the beginning of um, chapter 23, we're told that the Spirit of God came upon him. There in verse 1. Now, when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to sorceries at other times, but turned his face towards the desert. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, 
the Spirit of God came upon him and he uttered his oracle. Now, you get the impression that Balaam is a gun for hire. He's a, a prophet who will speak for those who will pay him the money. And of course, there are, there are always in the history of, of religion people who are simply in it for the money. They're doing it because they're being paid to do it. He who pays the piper chooses the tune. But here, we see that Balaam is, is moved from another place. The Holy Spirit is working in Balaam's life and, and, and moving him to prophesy. And the message is that God wants to bless the people. So there in verse 5, How beautiful are your tents, Jacob, your dwelling places, Israel. Like valleys they spread out, like gardens beside the river. And then, he says, like a lion they crouch and lie down, like a lioness, who dares to rouse them? May those who bless you be blessed and those who curse you be cursed. Balak has said, they're just a a herd of oxen. But Balaam sees something else. He sees a lion and lionesses. We said that prophets are people who see. And when we listen to what God wants to say to us and when we seek to um, hear him communicate to us, sometimes we see things that are not immediately obvious. So, Balaam is told that these are just a, a flock of oxen, a herd of oxen. But he sees these people as lions and lionesses, strong and majestic and dignified. It's interesting, isn't it, how when God speaks, when God looks, he sometimes sees what no one else sees. Maybe we're seen by those around us as nobodies, insignificant, unimportant, but God views us as as jewels, as precious, as his children, as special in his sight. So, Balaam's determined to bless these people. But Balak says, no, no, this is, this is not what I want at all there in verse 10. But Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave at once and go home. I said I would reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. Balaam answered Balak, did not I tell you the messengers um, you sent me, even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would do, I wouldn't do anything of my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord. And I must say, only what the Lord says, now I'm going back to my people. Come, let me warn you of what this people will do to your people in days to come. No, this is not what I intended. I don't know if you've ever been in those embarrassing situations where you've asked someone to say a few words and you expect them to say something, but they've said the exact opposite. You thought they were going to come and support you. You thought they were going to 
speak on your behalf, but in fact they've spoken and done the very opposite. No, no, this is not what I had in mind. And then there's this fourth oracle of Balaam, where not only does he say that he's going to bless the people of Israel, but he is also saying that there is embedded in this people a promise of such amazing magnitude that we can't help but wonder at what has gone. I need to say what God wants me to say. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will arise out of Israel. And it's set in these words. Then he spoke the message, chapter 24, verse 15. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Bor, prophecy of one whose eye sees clearly, prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. So this man, Balaam, who couldn't see um, the angel with the drawn sword in the reading last week, who, whose vision was very limited, suddenly he's seeing with very, very clear eyes. And when this man sees with very clear eyes um, what's happening in the world around this particular people, he sees an event of great significance. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of um, Sheth. Edom will be conquered. See, his enemy will be conquered, but Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. In the New Testament, this kind of image of the, of the star arising, the morning star, the light that arises, um, is, is very much associated with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've celebrated um, those who followed a star in order to find their way to Jesus. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will arise out of Egypt. A conqueror, a king, a conqueror who will defeat his enemies. Now, he's using the language of his own time, the language of warfare, the language of weapons. But as we saw this morning, the weapons of this saviour is the weapon of the cross. Not a cross that he impales other people on, but a cross that he is impaled on. He conquers through sacrifice. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will arise out of Israel, and this star, this light of the world that will shine into our world, dispels the darkness, not by violence, but by absorbing the violence of men and bearing the wrath of God. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will arise out of Israel. There is a sense in Balaam's mind that there is the delay. This is not something that's going to happen immediately. And of course, we know it didn't. Some centuries passed until a light dawned on our dark world. So Balaam, what a strange character he is. 
Difficult to decide whether he's good or bad. Difficult to decide whether he's faithful or unfaithful. He seems reluctant, and certainly the story as it unfolds in numbers suggests that he was certainly someone with very mixed motives, certainly someone who was very unreliable. And yet, he spoke better than he knew. Sometimes God puts gifts into people's lives, not because they're great people, but because he is a great God. We saw last week that he spoke through the ass, and now he speaks through the owner of the ass, Balaam. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. No, I can't curse this people, says Balaam. I need to bless them because out of this people will come blessing for all the nations. (coughs) Then Balaam returned home and Balak went his own way. Ultimately, the story of Balaam reminds us that God's word will be communicated. God's word will stand. And all opponents of God's word will ultimately have to give up and surrender. Let God be true and every man a liar. What an unusual story Balaam's story is. God will speak, that God will bless, that God will not lie, but what he says he will do, what he promises he will accomplish. God is good. And for us as a church at Lansing Tab, as we think about these, these future days, we want a word from God, we want a direction from God that is his mind. We don't want to simply have our own way, do our own thing. We want to listen and know that he is speaking to us. And I think the whole of the book of Numbers seems to suggest to us that we need to be unusually attentive if we are to listen to what God wants for us. We will never hear God's voice if we're only listening to our own. We'll never hear God's voice if we're only listening to the intimidating voice of the world. Finally, Balaam listened and saw, and he sees the light, the light dawning upon him. He returns home, and Balak went on his way. Let's pray together. Lord God, we would come to you this evening and thank you that you do speak through your word. You do speak through those that you raise up to speak. We thank you that you speak from unusual sources in various places and in different ways 
We thank you that sometimes you speak through the unpredictable, the unexpected. Father God, we pray that when you do speak to us, when you do direct us, that Father God, we will be very attentive, that we'll be very responsive to hear what you have to say. Father God, we would pray for Lansing Tab in these days. As a church, we seek to discern your mind concerning the future. Father God, we pray for your direction, your answers, your will. Father God, we pray that you'll put in us a determination to discern your message to us in these days, to hold on to it, and do it, and to pass on the good news of Jesus to a world so in need of your blessing. We thank you today that the star has arisen, more brilliant than any other <clears throat> star in the constellation, the bright and morning star, Jesus. Thank you that he's shone into the darkness. Thank you that he has come to dispel the kind of moral confusion that we see in the world around Balak and Balaam. We thank you that he is the light of the world. And we thank you that in knowing him, we experience the light of life. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.